Hi there, it's Jillian, and I want to tell you about Jillian on Love Plus, your way to get even more Jillian on Love each week by subscribing on Apple Podcasts or Patreon. You can access exclusive bonus episodes with extras, including answers to your most burning questions, advice on all things dating and relationships, and much more. Check out the link in the episode description for more information. Hi there, this is Jillian on Love, and I'm on a mission to teach people how to transform their romantic relationships by first transforming the relationship they have with themselves. So whether you are in a relationship, you're single, or you're heartbroken, I've got you covered. I'm Jillian Tarecki, certified relationship coach and teacher with over 20 years experience helping people transform their relationship with themselves through their bodies, breaths, and minds. I have now coached and taught thousands of people to become better versions of themselves and change the way they show up for and within their love lives. In today's episode, I'm going to share five steps to stronger, better, deeper self-worth. I did an episode a few months ago called How to Actually Love Yourself and Raise Your Self-Worth. And it's the most downloaded episode, I think, to date. And I recognize, and I've done other episodes about self-esteem, but I just get so many requests to do even more content and more episodes on self-esteem. The reality is this, there's just so much. This is not going to be the same thing that I've taught before. And there just is a lot to discuss when it comes to self-worth and self-esteem. And I really believe that the epidemic, the emotional and psychological epidemic that I see in people is low self-esteem and a lack of self-love. And the reality is that even though we learn to love ourselves more when we are in a relationship with someone who loves us. We learn to love ourselves more when we're in relationship. We learn to see ourselves, not only through our own eyes, but through the eyes of the person who holds us in such high regard. And love is healing. So that is true. But I always say that two things can be true at the same time. It's not a but. Instead, it's an and. And that and is And the truth, the hard truth, is that we do actually have to have a certain level of self-esteem in order to not attract narcissists, in order to not be attracted to selfish people, in order to make and continue to make good decisions in our lives, in order to have boundaries, in order to feel good about ourselves because this is very important. Self-esteem really does matter. But the big misconception about self-worth is, well, the narrative is once I have all these things in order, then my self-worth will go up. And the truth is we actually have to take measures to raise our sense of self-esteem and self-love and self-worth. We can't just sit back and hope to feel more worthy. And it's a really frustrating thing because a lot of people, I know this was me, I've seen this actually in countless people, 
they don't realize, it's hard to sometimes realize that our self-worth isn't as strong as it should be because we might find that we have a healthy level of self-esteem when it comes to our friendships. Some people, not all, might find that their self-esteem is at a healthy level. Their self-worth is healthy when it comes to their work. And yet their relationships, their romantic relationships in particular, prove otherwise, convey otherwise. And some people will find that their self-esteem issues and their feelings of not feeling good enough is pervasive. I will say, though, that I've never met a person, even the people who I've met and worked with who have had the lowest self-esteem and self-love and self-worth, they all had an area in their life where they felt really good about themselves. That being said, there's, for some people, it's more pervasive than others. It's very common for people to struggle with self-worth and have that be an issue in how they make money or how they struggle to make money, their career, and in romantic relationships. So there is really just no... This conversation is endless, you know? I mean, it's something that I have worked on in myself and have helped thousands of people to increase their self-worth, especially around, around their romantic relationships. But ultimately, our romantic relationships are a reflection of how we relate to ourselves. And if we are struggling in any way in our romantic relationships, one of the first things that I look at with a person is to understand and to locate where they are on the spectrum of self-esteem and self-worthiness. So I decided to do this episode, Five Steps to Self-Worth, and to really authenticity, because the more we feel like we are living and operating from a place of realness to us and authenticity to us, the better we feel about who we are and how we live our lives, the better our romantic relationships and all of our relationships. So these are new things that I wanted to add that are very important. Number one, you are who you spend your time with. Just like I am who I spend my time with, we really are who we become who we spend the most amount of time with. And this is something that became very clear to me a little bit later in life, that our circle and the people who we choose to dedicate our most valuable resource, which is time, to, it matters. And sometimes this is not an easy thing to come to terms with because oftentimes in a person's personal growth journey, they will have to confront the people who they spend time with and have to make changes to their friend group and to their colleague group. And this is certainly not an episode about ending friendships. This is not about taking any destructive steps in your life. You have to approach all of this with care with self-awareness. And people don't usually realize that 
who we spend our time with can really um, impact our self-worth. And it really can. Because if we're spending a lot of time with people who don't share the same values that we have, then in a small way, we're kind of betraying ourselves. We're living sort of inauthentically. And a big part of self-worth and self-esteem is deciding who we want to become and then taking the steps necessary to step into that. And our value system is incredibly important and it changes over time. And I do believe that with age, not only does it change our values, but they start to become more important. And so choosing community consciously and choosing to maybe not spend a ton of time with the people who don't live their lives the way that you want to live your life is wise. Because we can't actually raise our self-esteem without getting in touch with who we want to be and what we want to represent and how we want to live our lives. Self-worth and intentional living are very intricately connected. This episode is brought to you by Miracle Made. Did you know that your temperature at night can have one of the greatest impacts on your sleep? I know for me that if I am too warm and I wake up in the middle of the night hot, it's very difficult for me to fall back asleep. And basically, if you wake up too hot or even too cold, I really highly recommend that you check out Miracle Made's bed sheets. They're inspired by NASA and they use silver infused fabrics and make temperature regulating bedding so that you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. It's a dream. And also, you should know that traditional bed sheets can harbor a lot of bacteria, like almost worse than a toilet seat, which is the most disgusting stat, but it's important to know. And that can lead to stuffy noses and acne and allergies. It's just gross. And Miracle Made offers a whole line of self-cleaning, eco-friendly bedding, such as sheets, pillowcases, and comforters that prevent 99% of bacteria and require three times less laundry. It's really fantastic. And they are also so comfortable without the high price tag of the other luxury brands. And they feel as nice, if not nicer, than bed sheets used by some five-star hotels. So stop sleeping on bacteria, stop waking up too hot or too cold, and sleep well and clean with Miracle Made. So go to trymiracle.com slash Jillian to try Miracle Made sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo Jillian at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product. It's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a free refund, which is fantastic. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash Jillian and use the code Jillian to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash Jillian to treat yourself. One of the things that I have seen people do to really increase their self-worth and how I've helped them 
is to live their lives with more intention. And that includes understanding what your values are and making a conscious choice to spend time with those who have the values that you have or have the values that you want to adopt into your life. Our lives are really the sum total of the decisions that we make. And we are meant to make a lot of mistakes. And, you know, it's one of those conundrums of life, which is the decisions that we make in life really matter, especially as we get older. And they determine in many ways the quality of our lives. And yet, we will make mistakes. But we can learn to make better decisions. And I think that one of the things that really chips away at a person's self-esteem is continuously making bad choices for them. This is why I spend a fair amount of time helping people make better choices in partners, for example, because the more bad decisions we make there, the worse we're going to feel about ourselves. The better decisions that we make, even if it's a relationship that doesn't last, but at least it's a decision that doesn't harm us, it makes us trust ourselves more. And the more that we can trust ourselves, the more our self-esteem goes up. I have never met a person who struggled with their self-worth who didn't also struggle to trust themselves. And of course, your journey might take you down a road of therapy and uh, looking at your past and your childhood and your trauma. That could be extremely illuminating and extremely important for you. But none of it is actually going to move the needle without actually taking a proactive approach to our lives. And who we decide to dedicate most of our time to matters. This, of course, includes a romantic relationship, but I'm really just speaking about whoever you spend the most amount of time with. Our environment shapes who we are, and the people we spend time with is part of our environment. In case you hadn't noticed, when we spend a lot of time with someone or a group of people, we start to talk like them. We start to share similar beliefs. We start to emulate each other. And so if you are looking to increase and better the quality of your life through very specifically increasing your self-worth, figure out what's most important to you, what you want to be most important to you, and spend your time with people who feel the same way as you do and value the same things. It doesn't have to be absolutely everything the same. It's the core of it. So if living a life of let's say, being really authentic and doing the best that you can do to be the best version of yourself, if that's a value of yours, and you spend a lot of time with someone who does not have that value system, actually lives quite inauthentically, maybe they lie a lot or they lie to themselves or they're doing things to their body that makes it impossible for them to grow spiritually, emotionally, psychologically, I'm certainly not suggesting that you abandon someone in your life who you might have a long history with, but I am suggesting that maybe you don't spend all your time with that person and that you at least explore community and people who have a similar, if you will, mindset to you. We are who we spend our time with. And 
if we want to step into a more honest space within ourselves, then we have to spend time with those who align with what it is that we value. Number two, a big part of self-worth and self-esteem for both women and men is our bodies. And many of you might already know that I am a huge proponent of exercise and moving our bodies, and that could mean long walks. Everyone has different physical capabilities. So I definitely don't think that there's one size fits all for all of this, but moving our bodies, even if it's doing breath work, anything that has to do with connecting with our bodies. So again, that could be stretching, that could be breath work, that can be going for long walks, that could be lifting weights, that could be dance, that could be yoga, that could be running, whatever it is, have to connect to our bodies because I have known and worked with people who by just about anyone's standard physically are like perfect beings, like aliens, so perfect. And yet they don't feel good about their bodies because they're not treating their bodies well. Even though they were blessed with certain genetics, that makes it so that by anyone's standards, they are, you know, as close to perfect as a human body could be. They don't feel good because they're not treating their bodies well. It's not about having a perfect body. It's about being connected to your body. And the two are not the same. You do not have to have a perfect body to be connected to it. You just don't. But by connecting to our bodies daily in some way, we start to build a very important muscle. And that is our intuition muscle. And at the same time, when we feel connected to our bodies, we feel better in our own skin. And confidence, confidence exudes in an individual when you get this sense and when they feel comfortable in their own skin. There is something that completely shifts in their physiology when they're comfortable in their skin. And those who move their body in some way and connect to their bodies in that way and have that as ritual are in general more connected to their intuition and feel more comfortable in their skin. And those two things are magic for self-worth and self-esteem. So that's very important. And I think that so many of us are divorced from our intuition. It's not something that's really valued in this culture. I think that, you know, we live in a time where we are listening more to the workings of our minds rather than our intuition. It's very important to listen to our intuition. Oftentimes, when I'm working with someone, and I've done this with myself, and someone, it's like that feeling when we're trapped in our heads. When we're living in our heads, our relationship is dead. When we're living in our heads, like our self-esteem plummets. And when we're living in our heads, overanalyzing everything, ruminating, obsessing, trying to figure stuff out, there is something very, very specific that happens in our bodies. This is when our shoulders start to creep up towards our ears. Our breath becomes shallow. There's a contraction of the diaphragm. 
Usually we're tightening certain muscles in our bodies. This is when we start to feel pain in our back or pain in our hips and our hamstrings, lower back and the neck and jaw area. These are like the main areas where people start to have chronic pain. And that is because there is a divide between what's going on in the mind and what's going on in the body. And I see people suffer so much and so unnecessarily, especially in romantic relationships, trying to figure out something. And one of the first things I always say is, what is your body telling you right now? And you might feel so divorced from your body. You're like, I don't know, but you got to practice. We have to practice listening to our bodies. We have to practice not just searching for that red flag, so to speak, in whatever instance that we're searching for it, whether you know it's work or relationships. And we have to get in touch with how does this actually like feel right now? And then we got to listen, but that takes practice. It takes practice tuning into your body. And part of tuning into your body is moving your body. So number two is got to connect to your body. You got to move and you have to start listening to it more. And it is a practice. And the more you practice it, the easier it becomes. This episode is sponsored by Masterclass. I learned to make the most incredible eggs and breakfast with Masterclass, like literally out of like a five-star restaurant. I'm so proud of myself and I couldn't be happier with learning that skill. Pretty amazing. It's actually really good for your confidence to be able to cook that. And then I had people come over and I cooked it again. And everyone said it was the best eggs they ever had. So there you go. It's pretty incredible. And this fall, you can actually learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass from leadership to effective communication and to, of course, like myself, cooking. So whether you're watching Masterclass on TV, listening in audio mode or in the app or actually on their site, honestly, the quality speaks for itself. Masterclass instructors are like your own personal mentors. And they are going to help you reach the next level of excellence, understanding, skill that you can imagine. How much would it actually cost to take a one-on-one class from the world's best? Easily hundreds to many thousands of dollars. But with a Masterclass annual membership, it's $10 a month. Memberships start at $120 a year for unlimited access to one-on-one classes with all 180-plus masterclass instructors. That's pretty incredible. So learn how to negotiate a raise with Chris Voss or manage your relationships with Esther Perel. So I use masterclass, and you should too. And there are things that you can learn on masterclass about relationships, like I said, with Esther Perel. They're also just really incredible teachers about communication. And that is just amazing. And the reality is, is that a big part of our relationship with ourselves is developing skills that make us feel like just gaining knowledge, developing better skills, learning. There's so much growth in learning. And that's what's so brilliant about Masterclass. It is just an amazing way to work on yourself. That's fun. That's easy. And that's incredibly fulfilling. 
And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash J-O-L. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash J-O-L. Masterclass.com slash J-O-L. The third step in increasing self-worth and stepping into a more authentic, real, true space of who you are is have to explore what gives your life meaning and start to live your life if you're not already for you, not for your parents. I'm all for mending relationships with parents. I'm all for family therapy. I'm all for forgiving parents. But part of what's actually going to make our relationship with our parents better, and this is paradoxical because we think, if I don't do this, I'm going to disappoint them. Most parents are going to be very disappointed if they knew that you weren't living the life that you wanted to live because of a standard that they placed on you. And we have to be brave and figure out what's going to give our lives meaning, even if what gives our lives meaning is antithetical to the path that we were always on. And again, you approach this with care. You approach this with a sense of groundedness. You got to approach this with some logic. I certainly don't want anyone to listen to this and be like, okay, I'm quitting my job and now I have no idea where my income is going to come from and I'm just going to travel the world and go broke. No, that's not clever. You know, sometimes making adjustments to our lives to make our lives feel more meaningful does mean that we have to make pretty big decisions because everything boils down to decisions that we make. We can make these decisions in steps. We can explore a hobby that we love while keeping our day job. I mean, there's lots of things that we can do. But what I have always seen in people with low self-worth is that they don't know exactly what gives their lives meaning. And once they start to explore that, oh my God, it's like a rebirth, honestly. And what gives our lives meaning at one stage of our life is not necessarily what gives our lives meaning now. And so it's a very important question to ask ourselves, what would make my life feel more meaningful? What would make my life feel like it has more meaning, honestly? And for many people, it's volunteering in some way. It's starting in some nonprofit organization. It's walking shelter dogs. It's starting to write. It's starting to paint. It's starting to travel. It's making the decision to start a family. Everyone is different. Everyone is different. And these are sort of the necessary and big questions that we have to ask ourselves to become more embodied. Because the more we can feel embodied, the more we can feel connected to ourselves, the more we can feel like we're not pulled in every single direction except for the direction that we know deep in our hearts we need to be on, the lower our self-worth. And that's just a fact. So you can literally just mull over this question and you can even write it down. Write it down on a piece of paper. What gives my life meaning? Maybe you're going to find it's spending time with a certain 
person. Maybe you're going to find it's parenting. Maybe you're going to find it's gardening. (laughs) Who knows what you're going to discover? I certainly don't know, but it's important to discover it because we can get trapped in this hamster wheel of not meeting our needs for growth and meaning and feeling like we're living a life that was just expected of us. And then we start to feel so disconnected. And from that disconnected place, we start to make decisions. And that's usually when we make decisions that don't serve us. I also find that when we don't explore what gives our lives meaning, we are at great risk of feeling incredibly bored. And I always say that people who are bored usually make pretty bad decisions, particularly when it comes to who they are going to sleep with and partner with. Because then we're bored and our lives don't feel as meaningful. And then we're like, okay, well, I'll have this adventure with this person who's going to abandon me, right? Or I'll have this, I'll get into this toxic relationship because in the beginning it was so exciting. It was an amazing escape from the boredom that I feel. And so we have to explore if you are bored, why? Why are you bored? Because there's a lot of things that we could all be doing at any given moment that would make it so that we're not bored. So exploring meaning and living your life for you, not your parents, is how we grow up. That's literally our rite of passage into adulthood is living the life that we want, not just the life that our parents wanted. And when we take that rite of passage into adulthood, we raise our self-esteem. Number four, and this is specific to those of you who are single, raise your standard for a partner. So the paradox is that with a healthier self-esteem, we are going to choose better partners. But it's also true that by deciding and taking the time to really work on choosing better and creating boundaries and creating a standard, we raise our self-esteem. You might find that by doing steps one, two, and three, and also listening to my episode, how to actually love yourself, by doing those things, you're going to start to make better decisions and have a higher standard for a partner. That absolutely can be the route that you take, and that could definitely happen. But you could also decide that you are going to discipline yourself to make better decisions and to have a higher standard while you're doing all the other steps. And the moment you raise your standard and say no to the person or the opportunity that you would normally say yes to that led you down a road that was not good for you is the moment you take your self-esteem to a completely different level. People with healthy self-esteem say no to a lot of potential partners before they say yes. People who are bored, who don't have a lot of meaning in their life, who have low self-esteem, they say yes based on a butterfly that they feel in their stomach. And what's going to completely change the game for you, if you're single and you struggle with self-love, is having a high standard. It's not an impossible standard. It's not about, oh, I want this person to be perfect. There's no perfect partner. 
but it's about raising your standard just enough that you are going to be treated exactly how you want to be treated with respect. And this is why you have to listen to your body, that you're not going to just go for someone who is using you and the relationship as a receptacle for their pain and their trauma. You're going to deal with your own trauma with that. You're not going to just rescue someone or please someone. You're going to have a higher standard for yourself. You're going to have a higher standard for what you want out of a relationship. And you're certainly going to have a higher standard for the way that you would like to be treated. And because of that, what you will find is that if you really put yourself out there in the dating world, you're going to have to say no a lot of times before you say yes. And that's incredibly important. And part of that is just having boundaries, figuring out what your boundaries are in terms of how you want to be treated. Because if you have struggled with your self-worth and self-esteem, guaranteed in your romantic relationships, you have tolerated way less than you deserve and need in order to thrive in a relationship. This isn't about you know, you forgot to bring me coffee one morning. You're not treating me well. This is not about that. This is literally about how, you know, maybe your boundary is, I want a communicator. We're going to talk about the hard stuff. I'm not going to be with someone who puts me down or who criticizes me. I'm certainly not going to do that to someone else. So why would I expect that in anyone else? And when we start to raise our standard, better people start to come out of the woodwork. And remember, number one was who we spend our time with is who we become. And this is very, very, very much related to a romantic partner. This episode is brought to you by Copilot. Copilot is a service that links you with an affordable, real-life personal trainer. It is the use of an app for personalized workouts tailored to your individual needs and goals. And let me tell you something. I just had a wonderful meeting with my personal trainer. And not only was she lovely, she was incredibly knowledgeable. She was very friendly, very warm, knew exactly what she was talking about, great people skills. I really cannot actually say enough nice things about her and the experience that I had speaking with her. The thing that's great about Copilot is that it really does give you real person accountability. It's flexible and it really truly is expert training that is affordable. So Copilot offers a connection to a real life trainer. I've met my trainer. She's fantastic. There's personalized workout plans, regular progress check-ins, support, and guidance. These workout programs are designed around your specific lifestyle, your specific goals, your specific needs, and it's cost-effective compared to traditional in-person training. So like I said, I had a fantastic experience Many of you may know or you may not know that I taught yoga almost for 20 years. I've been a yogi practicing yoga asana for, oh my God, 25 years now. And I dance. So I am a very active person. I am extremely picky about who I decide to work with, who's going to work with me on my body. So I can't say enough things about it. Very, very highly qualified. It's just fantastic. I I look forward to seeing the results that I have from working consistently with this trainer. And I'd love for you to follow my lead to get fit 
and to feel fantastic and fabulous <laughs> and give Copilot a try to find out why it was listed by Forbes as the top rated personal trainer app of 2023. Head to go.mycopilot.com slash Jillian to get a 14 day free trial with your own personal trainer. That's go.mycopilot.com slash Jillian to get a free 14 day trial with your own personal trainer. Take a back seat and let Copilot help you reach your fitness goals. So number four, if you've got low self-esteem or low self-worth, you have to start having boundaries, sexual boundaries, psychological boundaries, emotional boundaries. I mean, look, we cross each other's boundaries all the time mistakenly because we don't know what each other's boundaries are. But our job is to communicate what those boundaries are and to not be with someone who we feel emotionally unsafe around, who we feel like we can't be ourselves around who we feel like we're being judged. People with healthy self-esteem don't spend time with people, romantic or otherwise, who are judging them. That's very different than someone saying, hey, I don't like that behavior. I don't like what you did. That's just them stating their boundary, but really judging them. Then look, God knows I've done it. I've spent time with people who've done that to me. I've had relationships with people who have done that to me. And it all boils down to self-worth. Number five, the fifth step towards building and strengthening our self-worth and stepping into our authenticity is learning how to regulate our emotions. And this might be something that you need help with. This might mean something that you need therapy for. We all have a different journey and I think that one of the best decisions that we can make, speaking of decisions, is deciding to take certain measures to do whatever we need to do to be the best version of ourselves. So if that means hiring a therapist or doing trauma therapy, fine. But a lot of times learning to regulate our emotions is related to being able to increase our capacity for stress. And the way that we increase our capacity for stress, which is important because stress is very much a part of life and isn't going anywhere, is that we have to have certain rituals. Meditation really helps. Moving our bodies, as I've described, very, very helpful. Having a certain morning routine or an evening routine can be extremely helpful. Doing things to support our nervous systems homeostasis is so key. And I am someone in particular who has a very sensitive nervous system, so I could easily get dysregulated. I'm highly emotional, but I've learned to regulate my emotions through my body, through working with my breathing, through moving my body, through meditation, through saying no to certain things and trying to take certain things off my plate. And by listening to people and by practicing some positivity, I was raised in a household that saw the glass half empty. I had to train myself to look at circumstances more from the perspective that the glass is half full. And one of the ways in which we regulate our emotions is to learn how to increase our capacity, not just for stress, 
but also to experience more positivity. And this isn't about toxic positivity or faking it. This is the real deal. And so that might mean that you have to explore certain emotional patterns. We all, every single person, but not to the same degree, has certain emotional patterns that they fall into when things are tough or, you know, some people will fall into it for an hour. Some people will fall into it for several months. Some people will vacillate between anxiety and depression. Some people will vacillate between anger and anxiety, sometimes self-pity. There's lots of different things at play here. It could mean that there's not enough meaning in life. It can mean that you're living in the wrong place. It can mean that you're surrounding yourself with the wrong people. It can mean that you're in the wrong relationship. It can mean that you're eating a bunch of sugar and drinking a bunch of caffeine and your gut is off. There's so many different moving parts to explore. And I don't want you to be afraid to explore it all. It doesn't mean that you're broken, but it does mean that something needs to be addressed. It could be hormonal imbalance, but we do these things. We take these certain rituals, everyday rituals, and some people really need to adhere to these rituals other than others. And we do this. We learn by taking a deep breath whenever something triggers something inside of us. And we take a deep breath in and a deep breath out, and we soften our bodies, and then we respond with more maturity. This is not something that's going to happen by just thinking about it. It needs to be practice. You'll fail many times doing it, but you have to do it. There was a revelatory breakthrough for me to understand that like in the past, why I may have struggled to experience more days of positive emotional states than negative is largely because of the household that I was raised in. I just wasn't raised in that. So part of regulating emotions is also learning how to see the world through a more positive lens. And a lot of that is letting go. I really, really like the work of Michael Singer, his book, The Untethered Sold, and the second book is Escaping Me, Living Untethered, I believe it is. He's got a podcast. There's lots of stuff of his on YouTube, all about letting go. And the reason why that this concept of letting go has been, it's centuries old. It's in Buddhist texts. It's in Vedic texts. It's in the old yogic texts. The greatest spiritual leaders of our time and of other times have always talked about this idea of surrender and letting go. The reason being is so that we can actually be in a more balanced, grounded, contented, peaceful, homeostatic, positive, emotional state. And we can get very addicted to adrenaline and we can get very addicted to the rush. Like I said, the adrenaline, the highs and lows. And if you feel like you're addicted to that and like you feel like, oh my God, like your emotions control you rather than you control your emotions, you are not alone. You can work to change this. And what I'm saying is that it's a worthwhile endeavor to try to change it because our self-esteem and our self-worth very much rests in our ability to compose ourselves emotionally and to see the world through a little bit of a brighter lens as much as we can. And also because life is stressful, relationships, even when we're surrounding ourselves with the right people for us can be stressful, a romantic relationship Even if it's truly the right relationship, you will go through times where it's going to call on you 
to put in everything you've got to overcome your ego and to overcome your emotional state and to really show up. And so we have to increase our capacity to be able to tolerate negativity and stress in our lives. And that is how we learn to regulate our emotions. And like I said, we do that through the body. You can do vagus nerve work. In my experience, over 20 years doing this, what really impacts the vagus nerve the most and the best is yoga. Specifically for me, it's Iyengar yoga. You can explore any kind of yoga that you like. But to me, that has been the most toning to the vagus nerve. And I will say rest. Rest is extremely important. You just have to want to do that. And I don't want you to think, because I know that some of you can be very perfectionistic. You don't have to do all of these. Choose one of these five and focus on one of these that really struck a chord for you and really focus on it for two weeks, maybe a month and see what happens. Definitely email me at hello at jillianonlove.com to report that. See what happens and then go to another step. And if you feel like it's doable for you, you can work on two steps simultaneously. It's not going to help you or your self-worth, or your self-esteem. It's not going to help you to take it all on and just overwhelm you and overwhelm yourself. These are things to take under consideration. I imagine certain steps are going to resonate more deeply with you than others. Stick with the thing that you really, really remember and work on that. Journal on that. Start to make changes in your life around that. And let me know how it goes. So that is it. Please share this with anyone you think could benefit from this. Like I said, low self-esteem and self-worth is epidemic. It is the number one problem that I see in people today. So when you hit share, you never know whose life you could really be changing. And so please don't hesitate to do that. And please don't hesitate to reach out to us and to me at hello at jillianonlove.com. And let me know how this resonates with you. Let me know if you, you know, decide to do 30 days focusing on one thing and how that might change things for you. I thank you for listening. And until next time. Jillian on Love is a Q Code production. Executive produced by David Henning and Steve Wilson. Produced by Shin Yin Hu. Editing and music by Will Tendy. In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch involved in a then unheard of secret organization called the Illuminati and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale, it's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. 
Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now.